This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. You remember. Roll your stealth roll. Game books, pencils, pizza, cheese puffs, and a hell of a lot of dice. And the dragon woke up. Roll for initiative. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast, where 1E is the place to be. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast. This is uh, volume number nine. I am DM Vince, and I'm sitting with DM Nick. Number nine? Number nine? Yeah, it's nine. If you're Howard Stern, if you're a Howard Stern fan, you'll get that annoying. Uh, yeah, nine we years. are Holy celebrating man. as of this recording uh, nine years on the air of this podcast. September, That's something to celebrate. Yeah, September is when uh, the beginning of September is when I uh, started uh, looking f- to do a podcast for Advanced Dungeons Dragons First Edition, and Jason was the first person that like jumped on it. And I think I came on five. like November or December. Yeah, I think year. you were in episode like five or six or something. Yeah, something like that. I, I I remember it being like November or December of that yeah. year. And then we we I had mean, a we how had a. Did you find me? You were um. Well, let's see. You, I don't remember how. If I recall correctly, you were you started listening to the show and you you loved it, and then you started doing Blackstone's Vault. All that. Yeah, I remember that. And after doing Blackstone's Vault, we were just like, hey, you want to... Because I, I remember what happened was we needed a guest for the show because uh, we didn't have a third person. And Jason wanted to expand it to a three-person show. And I was like, that's a great idea. I agreed with it, too. So then we was like, we what do like, we think? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just like, I gotta get this guy on the show. And, uh, yeah, we asked you and you were like, and absolutely. And then we... There's more Nick. And then, like like a cat, we fed you once, and you never stopped coming back. So, yeah, well, <laughs> that's yeah, no, not like a cat at all. More like a very old mangy dog. Heard <laughs> about now? Got and, the mange. Then, like a year later, Jason like suckered Matt into the show. Yeah, and then it's been all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, he um I remember where I was we were at Gen Con two thousand ten and Jason's like, This is Matt and I'm like, Oh hey and he's like, Yeah, he's gonna be the producer of our show going forward and I I go I looked at him, I said, Okay, what does that mean? Really? Was, yeah. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He's gonna be he's gonna do all the editing stuff and putting the show up so I don't I don't have to do it nor do you anymore. We have our own editing person. I'm like, so he's the editor of the show. Right. And Jason's like, yeah, editor, but we're just producer. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, we'll just, we're just going to call him producer because it sounds better. I'm like, all right, whatever. That's how he got his nickname, producer. And then he started actually joining us on the show, right? As far as being a background person, as like you know, like a Letterman type person in the background. Mm. And then he would chime in every once in a while. But then after, I think after a while, he started really talking on the show. And then Jason wound up leaving the show. And yep. Matt became more of a predominant voice on the show behind you and I as we hogged the spotlight. So. And then there was the quest for the third voice, which was sort of like becoming its own like drummer, spinal tap drummer thing. <laughs> yeah, we've so. had a bunch of people in that fourth chair, so or yeah. third chair, however you want to look at it. So Yeah. 
the spinal tap drummer yeah <laughs> Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Great! Why not head over to patreon.com slash WGP and support that show for as little as dollar a month. Dollar a month goes a long way to helping support the network Wild Games Productions. Again, that's patreon.com slash WGP. Thank you. So we're volume nine now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we got to make sure to make a note of that when we put it up. It's volume nine. So awesome! It's so awesome. Yeah, we don't. I didn't look for any stars today and have a chance to, but we'll, we'll get right. to that eventually. I apologize. Hey, we're still it. going through the old D and D cartoons, so we got plenty to cover. Oh yeah, we're definitely doing that. And today, we are actually going to continue along with the episode number eleven, and that one, the box, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. November twenty sixth, nineteen eighty three. So we're around Thanksgiving time now at this point. Uh, written by Jeffrey Scott. We're looking at uh, another 7.5 uh, out of 10. So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, written by Jeffrey Scott. So, the uh, opening of this show, the group is standing around while Eric has his clothes on, like, a clothesline. <laughs> yeah, like they're being washed or something. Yeah, and Eric is in his boxers, like, you know, trying to cover himself up. The group is complaining about the smell because Eric, you know, attempted to be smart and get some food, but... So apparently the blue parts were not chain mail. They're just like clothing. No, I, I thought that was weird because I, when I first saw that, I was like, wait, whose clothes are those? Yeah. So uh, the blue part. So literally his only armor is the shield. Yeah, pretty much. Lame. And uh, <laughs> so Eric attempted to get some food, but he got blasted by a skunk, I'm thinking, because he never actually said yeah, and Sheila with her one-liner says, "I don't think my nose will ever work the same again." As she holds her nose at him, mm. and then Presto attempts to cast a spell to help with the problem. And <laughs> did you hear that stupid rhyme that he came up with? Yeah, and then out pops a uh, well. Let me just mask. Yeah. yeah. So he says, "Abracadabra, quick as a wink, quick as a wink, conjure me something to fight Eric Stink." Stink. Yeah. <laughs> And then I went uh, as a gas mask, like a, like a World War II gas mask or whatever popped yeah, up on the ground. Like that. If, it, it looked like yeah, <clears throat> World War II, World War One. Yeah. And then Eric picks it up and puts it on and says, "Oh, that's great!" And I'm just like, "Yeah, that's not what." It's so, like, apparently the hat interpreted all oh, that Eric the fight his the stink that he needs to fight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. The hat's weird at times. We don't know. The hat's drunk. It needs to go home. Yeah. <laughs> The hatch drunk to home, right? So yeah. then all of a sudden the ground rumbles and Hank declares it's an earthquake as the ground breaks apart and then Hank falls into this chasm <laughs> and it's perfectly mm-hmm. fine, by the way. Yeah, he's like, and it's funny when they find his body, it's like laying perfectly flat, yeah. hands to his side, not like spinal or arm or leg injuries. It's perfectly flat. He's She's like, good. and they basically slide down the whole thing, like nothing happened, no, no, no worries. And hey, are you all right? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, and Diana's yeah. like, let me jostle his spine some more so I can like. <laughs> And then um, Bobby finds a treasure chest. He's like, look, a treasure chest. And the group goes debating over it a bunch if they should open it, not open it. Eric, with his infinite wisdom, finally says it's probably filled with untold riches. Yep. And he starts fiddling with the, you know, the lock a little bit. and then But then the yep. DM comes around in the corner, of yeah. course. DM, 
you know, uh, you know, shows up most conveniently. Always. And he says more. He's like undead witches is more like it. Don't open that. And uh, after much chatter with the DM, he tells them that there really is nothing in the box, but yet there is something in the box. Yes, that's really uh, clever and cryptic of him. And then DM tells them what is what I thought was the most laziest story ever with the name Zandora's box and how she's a good friend of his. Yeah, <laughs> Zandora, he, really. But he doesn't. Yeah, I know, right? But he doesn't really tell them exactly what the box does. So he tells them the story about how Zandora is his friend and how Venger trapped her in another world. And yeah. she needs help getting back, and they have to use this box to help her. And the group kind of debates back and forth a little bit more as they, like, hey, that's the same situation we're in. We're trapped in another world, too. And Dan was like, yeah, you dumb moron, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, she looked, How, maybe we can help. Well, there's Hank's influence right there, you know, rubbing yeah, off. Yeah, it's like, Hank's like, yes, let's help. And the DM's delightful eyes light up in there. You can actually see his eyes lighting up like suckers. Yep. <laughs> yes, you can. The key to her escape is yours as well. And then tells them that the box holds this key. But they need to take it somewhere. And then he pulls right. out this map that pops out of, like, nowhere to Skull yeah. Mountain. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Place it under Whoa, the... Oh, wait a minute. Skull Mountain? Yeah, I, I can't... Skeletor! No, that's Snake Mountain you're thinking of. Because I thought the same exact thing, and I had to actually Google it. And I'm like, wait, no, it's Snake Mountain. Yeah, I know. Maybe Skeletor's going to be there with Beastman? No. (laughs) So he says, take it to Skull Mountain, as he's pointing at the map, and place it under the shadow of the skull at high noon, then open it. But you must never, never open the box anywhere else. Any other time, yes. All right, did you see that map? Yes, I'm looking at the map right now. Okay, so the map is a picture of the skull on Skull Mountain with a bunch of X's. There's no markers. There's no indication of what distance is. It's just here it is. It's like basically I drew you a picture of uh, Dairy Queen and said, Nick, I need you to go here and go find this for me. (laughs) And you're like, okay. Dairy Queen, dude. But you can only go to this Dairy Queen, Nick, that I'm drawing for you. But I'm not oh. telling you where it's located. <laughs> <coughs> it just made me laugh. Okay. <laughs> Here's a picture of this house. Go there. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> so then we get so uh, we... a cut scene of them, like an 80s montage of them dragging the the empty but yet full treasure chest with ropes out of the pit. Did you notice yeah. that, that Eric was not helping them at all? Wait a minute. You didn't notice that? Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's I'm just, not surprised. Yeah, he's just sitting there chilling as, as they're all like pulling it up with ropes, and he's just sitting there like, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get a you get a better picture of the map when uh, Diana holds it. Yeah, that's and there's like wrong. it looks like a well, for one, it looks like a um, something that um, it's like some '60s comic book art, really. Yeah, and it's like. There's like a big X in the center of it. Exactly. Which Diana looks at the map, which is just a picture of the mountain and an X or two. And she says, according to the map, it will take us one day to get to Skull Mountain Place. I'm like, like how could she determine that from the map? It's not a map. It's just a picture. (laughs) That's what I said. I'm like, there's no markers to indicate mileage or where they are compared to. Right. I mean, 
Yeah, it's. I don't get it. Yeah. So the the group just goes on, right? And they all grab the ropes, including Eric this time, and they start dragging the the, the chest forward, which is supposed to be empty, but yet weighs all this amount. But whatever. Well, I mean, it is a big chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get a and quick. Then who's lurking in the tree? The shadow demon. Didn't he look really weird the way they drew him? Yeah, a little bit. Those, the, you know, in fact, the animation in this episode seemed a little off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it just seemed a little off in this episode entirely. Then we cut to the group pulling the box with ropes through the swamp, getting tired. Sheila, this is, mm-hmm. this is the best one-liner setup I saw. It was funny. Uh, Sheila says, I think we're lost. Presto, really exhausted, says, I think we're exhausted. And then Eric says, I think we're stupid. <laughs> Yes, I think we're stupid. <laughs> oh, that's one of those one of those things. I was watching it during lunch at work uh, last week as I was taking notes, and I just bursted out laughing. And everybody is like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like, "Nothing." I don't know. Susie <laughs> says that Don Presto like face plants into the swamp. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that pretty much sums up the whole group right there. Yeah. Hank calls a halt and plots their course. We'll head up that mountain slope to the north. And and this is where it gets even better. Eric announces the group needs a new leadership. He blames Hank for the party being lost. Then says the group needs a real leader. And all in favor, raise your hand. So basically he's causing a mutiny in the middle of this whole situation. I love the pose he makes. Like, hell yeah, (laughs) I'm doing this. Like he's getting all brave, and he's like, "At all, all in favor, raise your hand." And the and that moment, bullywigs, bullywogs jump up, raising They're their like, hands, yeah. raising their spears, like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and then Eric like gives a little screech out, like a little girl, and says, "On second thought, Hank, you be the leader." And then he just jumps in the bushes and hides. <laughs> yeah, and then they're surrounded by the bullywogs. Yeah. Uh, so this is what I found kind of weird. There's, certain, I've noticed this that uh, the bullywogs now can kind of speak. <laughs> Did you notice that? The what? The bullywogs can speak. Oh yeah, they can kind of speak. Yes, they can. Uh, the they basically do. They look like this. Yeah, that was kind of creepy, Nick. Don't do that again. Thanks. The group battles okay. it out with the bullywogs and apparently can't do anything to them because the leader. I don't know. They surround the treasure chest and the leader's like, you know, uh, bullywogs get the chest and they open it up, and. The group's like, <gasps> all at once. Uh, and then the bullywogs just get into the chest. They, like, climb into it and disappear. Yeah, and... there's, like, like, what, six or seven of them, like, <laughs> kind of climb into the chest. Yeah. And then Eric slams the lid on them and kind of, like, lays on it. So they all get on there and help him. And then Bobby gets his club ready and says, let him out. I'll take care of them. So they flip over the chest, and there's nothing in there. Just an empty Ooh, chest. Magic illusion. So Hank and the group figure out that by placing the chest at certain spots listed on the crappy map that they have, where there is an X, opens up a staircase down to another realm, which I don't understand how they figured that out. Yeah, it's like um, what um, Diana says, according to the map, you know, just the the box will open up, you know, places to different dimensions. You got that from the map? How? How? Yeah, I'm guessing the swamp. <laughs> so the swamp was part of the staircase map. I mean, I don't see it anywhere. Yeah, that's unless I was... that, the, the green, unless the green blob on the side is. Could be. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I said that to myself. I'm like, so the swamp is part of the areas you can. All right, whatever. <clears throat> Convenient plot point. 
Okay, so uh, oh. we, of course, <laughs> we cut to Avengers Castle, uh, where he's berating monsters encased in ice. Which I was like, "What the hell is he doing?" His management style is just awful. <laughs> yeah, well. The Shadow Demon reluctantly interrupts him and tells Venger about the box and what the kids were up to. Venger gets annoyed, saying he will stop them before they can free Zandora because uh, if Zandora is fr- freed, then the Dungeon Master will be even more powerful. So, whatever. He kind of freaks out. Then we cut back to Diana moving the map around in like all different directions, the map genius that she is, and says, I don't get it. And then says, there's no jungle anywhere on this map. How did this, How do you find any key feature on that map? Wait, wait a minute. Hold on a second. What? How did Venger get a copy of the goddamn map? Magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He did. He opened the map. I'm like, I forgot he that. Just, like, out of nowhere. Oh, let me look at the map here where you know, the dimensions. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, he was the one that trapped her, though. Yeah. So maybe well, that's why. Okay, okay, that kind of makes Okay, that makes sense. I got it. I got it. <laughs> So they're kind of lost, and they don't know where the jungle is on the map anywhere, which I don't see, because that map, do you see a jungle on that map anywhere? No. Yeah, exactly. I see, like, nothing. Like, it looks like psychedelic 1960s comic book art, like you would see in Doctor Strange. Exactly. <laughs> so they're lost. But then... I, don't, I don't knock, which is great. <laughs> it doesn't work here, though. <laughs> and, of course, they're lost, but stupid Uni finds their way out of the jungle, because Uni sees, like, a little beacon of light. <laughs> yeah. And you're welcome. Yes, thank you, Nick. And the kids like peer through the little crack in the forest, I mean the jungle, and they see the skull mountain. What looks like the skull mountain. Yeah, it's like the tops are all shaped of skulls. Yeah, I was, I was like that's just too easy. And then the kids see the shadow, the skulls, like cuz the all of a sudden the sun is suddenly moving that quickly. And they're like, quick, let's put the chest under the shadow like Dungeon Master said. Yeah, do it. And then we see, like, the shadow demon poke his head out from, like, the mountain uh, skull eye. And he's like, and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. And then they fling open the box, and then they see a stairway going down. And they're just like, yep. hello, Zandora? And I'm like, ugh. No. So they get a brilliant idea that they need to go down the stairway to maybe find her. So everybody goes down except Eric and Presto because Eric says, we'll stay up here, you know, just in case to guard things. <laughs> and they'll just give him this Actually, look. Actually, that makes kind of sense. It does, but it was just funny how he said it and they all just gave him this sideway look like, yeah, okay, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> So they and, get, and, and, then, and then Eric says, "I think you're, you know when Presto says they will be okay," and he's like, "Yeah, Eric's like, yeah, sure, it's probably just a sewer." Oh yeah, that's right. It's probably just a, like, what is there a sewer doing down there? Like, really? <laughs> it's kind of a stretch. Yeah, there was a couple things here, especially towards the end when they have some really good jokes. But anyway, they get down and they walk down this really long wooden staircase, and then they see a checkered floor, like a. Uh, like a checkerboard almost. Yeah, like a chessboard. Chessboard, and... that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, and then there's yeah, just yeah. A, a giant, really psychedelic-looking clock. <laughs> yeah, and the whole area is like, it's like you just walked into a Salvador Dali painting. Yes, exactly. And then the clock starts chiming off, and the black-colored checkers disappear as the group falls through them because they're trying to figure out what the clock is chiming for. 
and by the most amazing saving throws, they latch onto the side of what is a giant cage as they're falling. Yeah. So we rolled a couple 20s here on our on our falls here. Well, you know, hey, come on. Diana is a thief acrobat. Yeah, but, I mean, and, oh, and come on. Give me a break. Bobby with that club catching Uni. Uni would have friggin' crushed the club as she went through it. Yeah. I don't care if it's magic. And, you know, Hank just kept, uh, you know, getting Sheila, you know, like very, you know, Errol Flynn of him. Oh, yeah, of course. Now comes another funny liner. Uh, Eric and Presto at the top hear a few screams, but Eric says they're just checking out the echoes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Which no, they're just... I don't want to know what's going on. Just they're fine. Know. They're just checking out the echoes down there. And Presto basically is like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you forget what they see, what comes around from the bottom of the pit. A giant wasp. Giant wasp, yes. Yeah, and all of a sudden they hear some like buzzing noise, and a giant wasp comes up from the bottom. Now you can find that in the monster manual, so it was nice to see that they use just a common, everyday little giant bug. And um, a battle happens, and then Presto says, that was no echo test. And uh, he goes, I'm going to help them. And Eric's like, no, I'll just stay here at the top just in case. And then he realizes he's alone and goes, yeah, and goes down the stairs anyway. When he realizes he's alone. And as he does, and basically regrets the decision and turns around, and, and yeah. Presto pulls him and says, Eric, we have to help them. And that snotty, whiny voice that he, ugh. And uh, he sees the shadow demon slam the lid on him. <laughs> right. Which basically then, uh, breaks the steps away. Right, yeah, the steps start to disappear. Yeah. Uh and then they fall, and uh, they get they actually grab onto the... Oh, they fall into the back of the wasp. And they're like, oh, whew, that wasn't so bad. And they realize they're on a wasp, and they just jump onto right. the cage. And then we get Presto Magic. Oh, by the way, was that first Presto Magic count as a yes or a no? Uh, with the... I forget what the was it. The gas mask? Because <sighs> it sort of did what... He wanted it to do. Yeah, helped one person, so I guess. Okay. Maybe. All right, so put it as a yes then. Okay, so this time uh, they finally say, you know, Eric, come on, do some. I mean, uh, Presto, uh, do something. Use some magic. So he goes, <clears throat> Hocus Pocus Alcazoff, give me some stuff to make this bug bug off. And then we get a big powder puff of smoke that comes out, and it looks like he did something. And he's like, Yeah, look, I did it. And we see two wasps. <laughs> Don't. What a dummy. Doubled their trouble. Yeah. I think that's what Diana said. He just doubled our trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we count that one as a failure. Yeah. And then Hank decides to become the most heroic person in the world. <laughs> and uh, dives yeah. off the cage, falling to what looks like his death shoots the wasps in their wings as yeah, he's so falling. Their wings. Yeah. Yep. They fall, and then Hank manages to shoot his uh, bow so that it extends up long enough with like a magical rope on it to grab the staircase and so it starts climbing up. Right, which I thought the staircase like shattered apart. I, I so, guess and, no. and then it's back again. I, well, it was only half of it was there. 
because the rest of it was gone because it had that little crumble at the end. So it was like right. half there. I don't know. He's like, quick, guys. And basically everybody climbs up with him. Everybody follows. And then Eric says, like I said, Hank's a hero. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They ascend the staircase only to find that there's no way out. There's just blackness. And Bobby does what Bobby does best. He bashes the empty darkness. He attacks the darkness, basically. He does. <laughs> and it flings open the lid as we see the shadow demon was sitting on the lid and goes flying away. Apparently the shadow demon... He's, I know, he like moves real fast, like, holy crap! <laughs> apparently the shadow demon has no weight to his body whatsoever. So no. him sitting on the chest was a waste of time. Even he knew it. Well, maybe he didn't. Yeah. And, uh, let's see here. Um, and he goes flying away. Yeah. The group, confused, starts questioning uh, what the DM is wrong, and he shows up and says he isn't wrong. This Skull Mountain is just... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so there's like, this This is Skull Mountain. DM must be wrong. He told us the wrong thing. And, you know, he comes up and says, no, this is just an illusion. And then it just fades away. Yeah, I mean, that, that tells me, like, who put that there? Shadow Demon. Shadow Demon, remember? Shadow Demon has amazing powers. But it, like, just disappears right after DM shows up? Well, I'm thinking that it was a whole DM convinced them to disbelieve. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking, that DM showed up and said, oh, no, it's just an illusion. They went, oh, it's an illusion? I disbelieve that. And boom, gone. (laughs) They made their saving throw. Yeah. Fair enough. And the group just sighs as Dungeon Master disappears, and they grab the ropes and move forward in a big huff. Like, <sighs> So we uh, cut back to uh, Avenger's crib, where we see the Shadow Demon telling Avenger the kids escaped, and Avenger, like, rages like a child. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, because I... I like, yeah, it's just... <laughs> He does. I'm just like, I know. He rages like a little kid. I'm like, dude, relax. He's like, Ford. Okay, so then we cut back to the group pulling the box with Uni resting on the friggin' box. Did you see that? Uni resting on the box. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. I'm just like, what the hell, dude? You have four hooves. Use them. (laughs) Don't make these kids pull your ass around, you stupid unicorn. (laughs) Yeah, well. I don't know. Maybe she'll fry in the sun. Yeah, hopefully she starts cooking. Eric is complaining when they look up and see the real Skull Mountain with the sun kind of like right behind it. And they notice the shadow and the group drags a box to the shadow, flings open the chest, and then a blue smoke comes out and a woman coming out looking like Dungeon Master uh, dressed in drag. Drag. (laughs) With a a tan. Yeah. (laughs) She comes out. She introduces herself and says, I'm Zandora. Thank you for rescuing me. And the group asks her about going home and uh, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yes, I can help you. No worries. And she transports them in the box to, like, this bridge. Archway, yeah. this Like an arch this, bridge or uh, something. Natural archway bridge. That as did soon as... Yeah, go ahead. Did you by chance get, like, uh, like, a, she's like a Native American... Yes, a vibe from her. Yeah, I, I got that too. Yeah, the way she was dressed and the way you know her hair was and everything, I was thinking Native yeah. American too, like a like Native American shaman or something like that. <laughs> and 
so she transports to this bridge that starts crumbling the instant that they do it. And she opens it up and she says, this is the portal to your home. And then we get Diana screaming at the top of her lungs. You don't know how much this means to us. I'm like, why the frig are you screaming, woman? I know. I'm right here. He, like she and leans then, directly in her face and yeah. screams. And then Bobby gets all bent out of shape because oh, yeah. why? Uni. Stupid. What about Uni? She'll be fine. We'll just I'll knock her off the bridge. Of I mean, we'll take care of her. She's like, I'll take care of her. So the the uh, kids start heading down the steps, and guess who shows up? Dun dun. Dumb. The big bad himself, Fenger. And he says, you kids will never get home. And has a small little back and forth with uh, uh, Zandora. And uh, the kids go inside and start walking down the stairs. And the stairs turn into the roller coaster. I think Eric mentions, oh, this is not yeah, well, working. The, the, the stairs break away and then they are falling. And then the roller coaster car shows up. Yeah, and they're back on the roller coaster going back yeah. onto the ride. And then Venger dives into the box. We see the kids. They made it home. They're all so happy. But then Venger starts, shows up behind them and starts like nope, zapping. You know, what? But you know what the best part, though? What? Is the fight with Zandora. He blasts her oh, right yeah. in the face oh, and yeah. knocks her on her ass. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> So Venger shows up and he's just like, "Give me your uh, um, um, weapons, of, uh, items of power, and I'll yes. leave you alone." And they're like, "No way!" And then you know, Hank's like, "Attack!" And nothing works. Nothing works. <laughs> nothing works. They're like, "What the heck, man?" And Venger's like, "Fools! Your weapons will not work here." But yet his magic, his magic works. Work. I don't get it. So then this is another great little goof. But I had to laugh at this. Eric runs. Is I'm calling the cops. And then he goes to the phone and he's just like, does anybody have a dime? Just what does it take a dime to dial 911? Yeah, I think it was always free. As far as I know, I mean, I really don't remember 911 ever costing anything any time. But I guess it went with the joke of him not having any modern day clothes on. So it was funny in itself. Uh, so Venger demands the weapons again, and they uh, they start to attack, and uh, Venger starts destroying more stuff as they debate what to do. Hank says they need to leave Venger back in his lead Venger back to their realm, the his realm, and they jump back into the coaster ride and go back. But Eric says, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm not going. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no way." <laughs> and then Venger, well, gonna do it. No, and then they take off on the ride, start, and that starts picking up speed. And then Venger creeps up behind Eric and says, "Cavalier, give me your shield." And he's like, "Yeah!" And then he runs. Is never seen anybody run so fast in my life and catch up to the ride and jump in. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, get back on the roller coaster ride, go back to Venger's world. And they debate closing the lid on Venger, but they decide it's a bad idea because they're like, who knows what he'll do by the time we get back there in, like, thousands of years. He might destroy the world or take over the world. Yeah, he might take it over or something like that, yeah. Then Venger emerges from the box, and he demands the weapons in the box at this point. He wants them both. And so Zandora steps to the edge of the cliff to have a battle, and then she steals the kid's weapons 
and puts them in the box with telekinesis. With the box. She drags everything over to the side in front of her, throws everything into the box after she telekinesis yeah. steals it from them, and then closes the lid. And then Venger is just like, you'll regret this, Andorra. And he just basically blasts her in the box. Yeah. I'm sure you laughed at that because she went flying again. I'm like, okay, she's like all happy by taking their weapons. I know. The box goes flying to the side. Venger like flies down, runs over, opens it. And he's like, oh, a staircase. And then he goes down the staircase thinking the weapons will be down there. And I'm just like, you big dummy. They're not down there. Yeah, the blast when it like knocked her to the side and the box, not nearly as funny with the with the with the lightning bolt to the face earlier. No, yeah, that, that was freaking hilarious because you see her tumble like a pinball. <laughs> and then the kids wonder where the weapons are and where Avenger was, and we cut down to Avenger walking in another area with a, I think a, uh, another chessboard, and there's a giant door. He opens it, and guess who's there? Um, Ralph Nader? Ralph Nader? What the heck's he doing there? <laughs> no, Tiamat. We haven't seen Tiamat in a little while, so, you know, we had to get that cameo back in. Of course. And then they start to do the fight, and then Zandora says, uh, basically she says, oh, the weapons are right here, I, where back, back where I put them, the box over here. And so she drags the box over and shows them, opens it up, there's the weapons. Yeah. The kids breathe out with a happy laughter, like, ah. Then the bridge collapses. <laughs> and they can't get back home. And then, yeah, and then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. That bridge collapsed, but that's the only spot that you can go home from. Eric is just like, yeah, right. So he's like, oh, if I put this at the very edge, it'll work. It's so, close enough. Yeah, and then he opens it, and he sees a staircase going down. He's just like, see? He's like, see? And he heads down, and guess who pops back up from earlier? The Bullywugs. The Bullywugs, yes. And then we have a fun laughter as the group, as Eric tries to slam the lid on. Yes, and, and DMs are like, oh, damn me, bullywogs. Yeah. Thank you, little... You know what I'm going to say. And yeah, they all, have, they all have a good laugh, and the end. We hear the music. Yeah, yeah DM and Zandora will like wink at each other like they're a little in-joke or something. Yeah. Like, did they plan all of this? Because they're both jerks. <laughs> So, yeah, that's basically the entire episode of The Box. Um, weird it was episode. interesting, you know. I, I mean, the whole kind of psychedelic dimensional thing was a nice little added twist. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And I think you could definitely use this for an adventure. And mm-hmm. you can use the same hook, line, and, and sinker for everything as far as The Box. But you know, make sure you give them a better map. And, uh, like a real one. Yeah, not a psychedelic drawing from the 60s or something. But, yeah, I, I think it would work if you gave them, uh, you know, like, uh, say something like, hmm, I'm trying to figure out how we can do this. Maybe a, a wizard's daughter was captured and uh, by a rival evil wizard, and he, and he vanquished her to another realm using this box and the uh, wizard is uh, maybe he's elderly at this point. He only wants his daughter back and, you know, time and space doesn't progress in the realm that she's trapped in. So she'll still have a long life when she comes back and he wants her to live it free. So he convinces the group by giving them a proper map (laughs) 
to go mm-hmm. through the, the swamp and the jungle to find this Skull Mountain, not Snake Mountain, where Skeletor is. Right. And place it, uh, maybe maybe actually the adventure is that you have to go find the box, and then once you find the box, drag the box to this spot. So maybe you have to go to the evil wizard, and yeah, that's actually that'd be kind of cool. You have to go to his rival wizard. He's too old to do it and everything, so you have to go there and you have to uh, sneak your way in, uh, go grab the box, we'll get out without getting detected, and maybe then you have the evil wizard on your trail the whole time when you have the box. Right. Okay. Bring it to this like special place, Skull Mountain. Put it there, and then you open the box and go down there. And maybe you have to fight some type of like I don't know creature down there or something before you rescue her and bring her back up. That would work. Yeah, I think that sure. would work. Well, why not? So yeah, the trippy multi-dimensional box. It's in in that respect, it's almost like an artifact of what it could do in a way. Or is it more like a portable hole? I'm going to say it's just... No, it's not like a portable hole because it only works in certain spots, so... Right, because with this thing, it you go in certain areas, it opens up like entirely different dimensions of various types, so... Hmm. Well, anyway, that's episode number 11 of the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. So, meh for the episode. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can really say about that episode. I mean, it's not one of the better ones, but it's not the worst. Yeah, it's just kind of... The only thing I think it does to the canon, if you will, of the show is you see that, you know, DM is not the only good wizard in in the realms. He has other people like him. I don't recall ever seeing her ever again, do you? I don't either. I think that was the only time. All right, cool. We're like almost getting to the halfway mark here. So another couple episodes, we're halfway through this series. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there slowly but surely. Hopefully people were enjoying these. And uh, Yeah, hopefully you're watching uh, the cartoons while the commentary in the background. It's uh, like, it goes together like peas and carrots. There, definitely. Anyway, so uh, yeah, this episode was long enough to give you a little bit in between and actually play it while watching the cartoon if you want to do the director's commentary below type thing <laughs> yes or riffing on it like mst3k <laughs> yes very true all right uh we'll just say uh keep it original keep it old school and good night everybody good night everybody roll for initiative